Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach podcast. We're on here today on a Saturday morning, 2020, am I right? I've got with me Pistol. We're about to just go through um, the round as it starts in about two, three hours. Um, so how are you, Pistol? Are you panicking? I'm a little bit panicked. Uh, this round is probably the most scary for me just because, one, you know, we only know we barely know any team's names. And two, there's so many rookies that are on the bubble and we need to pick some of them. And I feel like we just don't have all the information we need yet from the round. Like we don't know if players got through last week. Like we saw Ridley go off late. We don't know anything about that. We don't know anything about Gorn. We're just like super confused about what's going to happen this round. But then we need to make choices ASAP. So um, it's a little bit of panic stations at the moment in my mind, at least JB. (laughs) Oh, definite panic stations in my mind, don't you worry. Um, We're going to quickly fly through how we went uh, the week just gone. We're going to flick through some housekeeping as well, but um, the goal is to get this podcast out as fast as possible so people can have a listen and hopefully better make their decisions leading into the quick round. So I scored 2096 personally, uh, jumped up to about 4K season rank. So um, after being about 50K a week or two in, I was very concerned that top 10K would be out of reach, but... Hopefully, I can stay in now. We've got some a lot of things to discuss at the moment about um, cash generation and rookies are coming up for us. So, um, I've got high hopes, Pistol. You should have higher hopes. Oh, my team's... I've had now three weeks falling in a row. I'm still inside the top 1K just by the skin of my teeth at 977. Um, I scored 20-23. Not having Oliver in a best 18 situation was just an absolute rank destroyer. Um, six of my league opponents had him, and I lost all six matches to Oliver owners, which is absolutely killer. Um, but I think it's hard to judge because some people had more or less premiums out this week. So um, hopefully, I get more of a benefit in the coming buy rounds because I was, you know, missing half of my midfield basically um, this mm. week and had to play a lot of rookies who ended up scoring very poorly. So. Fingers crossed um, I can make it back this week and, you know, over the coming buy rounds. Um, actually, speaking of buy rounds, I know we're going to jump into some of the housekeeping and I'm probably jumping ahead, JB. Um, probably. Yeah, I probably am, but I'm going to go for it anyway. With the fixture announcements um, that, you know, round 13 we saw got announced and then they said that the rounds 14 to 16 are likely going to be condensed. Do you have any thoughts on that impact on that on, on Supercoach? Uh, yeah, uh, there are a lot of thoughts going through my head on the impact on that with, with Supercoach. So, um, so we're saying 14, 15, 16 are all going to have uh, all going to be buy rounds. Is that to summarize? Or well, I mean, in the original fixture announcement, they said that the last round, the last two rounds would be pure. Um, obviously, with the introduction of buys, it's no longer a seventeen round season. It has to be an eighteen round season mathematically so we're working under the assumption that round 17 and 18 are going to be pure no buy rounds which means that given 13 doesn't have a buy round that 14 15 and 16 are going to be buy rounds um for that in the afl which means buy rounds and super coach as well so um does that kind of change how you're planning your trades for the rest of the season um and also do you think that we are going to have any extra trades handed to us moving forward? I mean, the precedent was set early with the surprise, in quotation marks, buy rounds coming at us and um, the three extra trades being granted. Perhaps the same thing happens, but now we have more of a heads up. So um, we could see a situation where they just say, tough luck, you, sh- you should have been prepared for this part. Um, in in regards to the actual, in maybe my trades for this week, if they're impacted, um, I'm less inclined to trading players that haven't had their buy yet because um, we've got enough players now behind us that there are solid upgrade options um, elsewhere. Uh, we've obviously got Cripps and Tom Mitchell, the two of the best ones coming off their buy right now. So um, it kind of impacts me that way. Otherwise, I'm not exactly, you know, I'm not throwing all my trade plans out the window just because there's a few buys coming up. I think we all knew this was going to happen. We all figured it would be between um, these rounds. Maybe we thought it'd be including another round or two uh, and be more spread out. But essentially, it it shouldn't change a whole lot, Pistol. Yeah, so I'm in a couple of minds. Uh, Firstly, 
um, given rounds 9, 10, 11, 12 were condensed and we were awarded one extra trade uh, per round, so four total, I'm guessing with the precedent being sent that if 14, 15, 16 are condensed, then we will receive one trade per round, so three extra trades um, for that period of time. But for my trades, I, I guess where I'm coming from is... Um, League players can probably disregard what I'm going to say, um, but in terms of overall players, we now are in a situation where there is likely going to be three rounds, so round 13, 17, and 18 that are pure, and three buy rounds that are not pure in terms of 14, 15, and 16, um, and they're going to be a best 18 situation. So in terms of upgrading your side and which players to target, do we possibly consider getting like a best 20 top of the line players and then you know that obviously means that during the buy rounds we have a stronger best 18 because we got the best of the best rather than spreading that cash out over those last two positions or should and then you know take some really cheap punts such as such as rosie at like f6 i'm i'm not sure they're equivalent in the back line or in other positions um but is there is there room to move for overall play where you get 20 best of the best and then two I guess we'll call them crapper options that you can loophole um, and try and just shark a good score for a week or two and try and like ride out the season um, that way. Um, I mean, I think the I think the goal should still be to to try and get full premium um, as it is every year. But I think this year we're finding um, it's really snuck up on us considering um, we've been fighting off. Um, fast fixtures, we've been fighting off um, premiums that are underperforming, uh, premiums that are overperforming that we don't have in our teams. And now, um, I don't know about a lot of the community, but if I, when I look at my team, I see not a lot of cash cows and um, quite a lot of, well, not a lot of upgrades to still make. I'll probably have two after next week, um, but I'm, I'm going to struggle to make those upgrades. So um, in, in that case, I don't think it's worth burning for example your five remaining trades to make um one and a half upgrades i'd rather as you said sort of lean into these buy rounds and either either trade them to someone like rosie or even just keep the the rookies and hope that like for example if you've got a sam simpson who can you know we've seen can ton up um he might not be the actual absolute worst option at least he covers um, an injury score, you know, with a potential 70. Um, it's not worth going into the last few rounds with zero trades, I don't think, especially considering um, the condensed fixtures and, and the fact that players are getting injured left, right, and center. So um, I think I'm, prob- I'm probably going to concede right now, Pistol, that I'll have two players uh, that are rookies on field for most of the rest of the season. Ouch. So I think I'm in a situation personally um, where actually... After I make my trades this week, I only need a D6 and an F6 um, as premium players, and I, I quite comfortably, I think I can get one of them. The other one, it depends on how some of my options that I trade in this week, some of my rookies, and how much money they make. Um, I think I can quite, I can get there. Um, it might just be a slightly cheaper premium than I wanted, but I have seen a lot of teams that have about four premiums to go after this week and their some of their cash generation is not good and I just look at it and I think I don't know how you're going to get through the rest of the season unless you have at least one player that's dirt dirt cheap and super super value or you're just playing with 21 players and using loopholes um, emergency loopholing for a final f6 or d6 spot um, I think it's a real possibility that people just need to look at their teams and consider their strategy going forward because fortunately in 50% of the remaining weeks, um, not including this one, you know, you only need 18 players. You don't even need um, 22 players. So just something to think about um, overall play. Obviously, it's never happened before. I don't really know if there's a right answer. You know, I mean, I could tell you, hey, get a perfectly upgraded 22-player team. I just don't know the viability of that for every person. So um, you'll have to look at your at own At the team moment, Pistol. Yeah. At the moment, I think I'll, I'll need two upgrades after next week. I'll have five trades remaining, two really good cash cows in there. I'll be able to get down to three trades and one rookie on field. It's not the 
it's not the end of the world considering I'm then going to be navigating through a few buy rounds and with three trades remaining I could go ahead and spend a couple and get that last premium and you know there will, there will, there will only be two rounds left at that point um, but pretty much I'm not in any rush to get someone like Simpson off field if he's my last upgrade during those buy rounds considering I'm likely trading in someone whose score might not count or might only improve me by 10 points um, so if I then do that in the first buy round and get you know, three or four injuries, which is completely possible, um, then I'm in a much worse position points-wise than I was if I had just left Simpson on the field. Yeah, look, there's many ways to play it this week. I think we should um, jump right back into the housekeeping, if that's okay. We've yeah, the, what, the, the thing that you skipped at the start. Yeah, it's my um, fault. Yeah, so Cancer Council <laughs> donations, please. Exactly right. So um, <laughs> there are some Cancer Council donations again this week. So again, thank you so much to everyone that's donated. Um, big thank you to Nathan O'Connor um, for his donation. So there's a funny story about this. Nathan donated, Nathan O'Connor, I should say, donated and didn't leave any message or description for me to read out. So... I thought it was a different Nathan um, on our Slack. So I messaged Nathan and I said, hey man, like, you know, you didn't leave a message. If you want me to read out something, just let me know and I'm happy to read it. And I don't think Nathan responded to me. And then I looked back at the Cancer Council page and Nathan Davenport had also matched the donation of Nathan O'Connor and said, I wasn't the Nathan who donated, who didn't leave a message. I just wanted to let you know. And (laughs) firstly, that's hilarious. And secondly, like, I, it, it honestly made my day seeing the kindness um, that someone can can. Sorry, I'm I'm choking over my words. Just the the, the kindness don't, of don't the cry community. Pistol. I know it's kind, but <laughs> it's the ki- the kindness in the community. Like just to match someone else's a random person's donation, just because I asked, you know, uh, do you want to leave a message? Like it's so kind of Nathan Davenport. So I just really really appreciate it. Um, so thank you for that. It's it's unbelievable. Um, to DTS, he donated because he says, knee didn't double ton, still burnt as a non-owner. Um, if you want me to fix your spelling, you might need to donate again and, and actually write Neil properly, DTS. And to uh, Blue Bagger, he said, losing a league match bet to Benny Buzz Boys. So I'm, I'm loving the... Um, rivalry between Benny Buzz Boys and anyone who is willing to match him in a Cancer Council donation because <laughs> it's a big benefit to the Cancer you know Council. What, you know what's funny? He, uh, uh, Pretty much the most recent message in one of our Slack channels at the moment is also um, Benny tagging his next opponent asking if they're interested in this in a Cancer Council donation. So, <laughs> um, look, it's all it's all for a great cause and um, keep going, Benny, but hopefully your wallet, wallet doesn't take too much of a hit there, mate. He keeps winning, um, so, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he lost one against me a couple of weeks ago, That's but true. We'll, we'll ignore that. Um, okay, so no new Patreons this week. We have started the Dr. Supercoach Cup, which is up and about early. Um, I, I just want to give a small shout-out here to one of the unluckiest people um, possibly in the world. I haven't done a full account of people that have been unlucky so far this year. There's probably a lot. Um, but Blackie, the, the other Blackie uh, pistol, had a Trelaw injury pretty much knock him out of the cup and lost him a league win against me. Oof. One of the, I would say one of the favourites coming into the cup has been knocked out by, I think, three points it was in the end. Um, Trelaw copped a massive negative 15 scaling when he went off injured, was on track for a big 180. Um, <laughs> so I just, I just want to give a slight shout out there. I think he, I think he's earned that. Yeah, and there's some good cup matchups um, in round two as well. Don't forget, um, all of the uh, podcasters, myself, JB, and Chiso, are in round two of the cup with opponents. If you do knock us out, you do win a prize. Um, so, you know, good luck to our opponents. We're not going to go down easily as well. So, um, well, Chiso Chizo might, but the other two will put up a good fight. I'd say that is true. That is true. And um, I will say there was another. There was a one point. Um, victory in the cup somewhere i just can't remember exactly where who it was between um but yeah it's it's funny that we've been doing this for a while and we've never had a draw so i'm looking forward to just put the jinx on it now i'm looking forward to a draw this week a draw would be amazing that that would be that would be a spectacle oh here it is between um, i'll say Ruboy. Oh, okay Ruboy Ruboy coach paul 231 defeats lettuce wang wang coach reese uh, 230 so the, one point wait, victory who, who did they defeat lettuce wang wang 
Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we are children. I think that's been established. Uh, we're going to jump into the actual podcast now. Um, we're going to try and keep it uh, condensed like the fixtures into the next uh, 30 to 45 minutes and just try and smash out some of these questions so we can get the podcast posted as soon as possible. So, um, questions from Slack. Let's do some quick fire um, pistol and deep dive when we need to. Oof. Bex is starting us off with a, a probable deep dive. <laughs> um, he wants us to rank these rookies for getting this week. Um and there, there's a lot. So he, he's written down Schoenberg, Toby Watson, um, Draper, Wicks, Rusko, Scholl, Hosey, Walker, O'Halloran, and Woodcock for Port Adelaide. So um, would you like to start us off? You know what? We'll take it. We'll go one at a time. Who do you think is the best upgrade? Oh, sorry, downgrade Oof. option this week. Well, it depends what position you need a player. I feel like Dra- just say, Draper's going to make the most fat, amount of money. There's fat cows on every position. Dra- Draper will make the most amount of money out of all of these rookies that are named. I think that is a pretty safe bet still. Even though he's already gone yep. up 50k, I'd be quite convinced that if money is your goal, um, it's just he's in a position that's really hard to get to. So um, I think there's him. That's okay. That, that's your number one. I'll, I'll, that's my number it, one. I'm going to go next now. Okay, sure. All right, so I'll get, I'll give number two. We're going to go in order, and it's going to make a list, and then we'll read it out afterwards. So um, number two, I think, is is easy. Uh, Tobe Watson. Um, considering it, like Draper, he's already made some money, which um, I know a lot of Ling owners will be unhappy with, considering we couldn't quite risk getting him in with the, the potential injuries in the back line. That way you can... Uh, potential donuts, and he was playing on Sunday, and it's really upsetting stuff. But um, Tobe Watson still is looking like the best trading option, um, as he should have been a week ago. And um, I think paying the extra bit of money is is probably going to be worth it. Yeah, look, for every one of these rookies, there's risk in terms of their job security. Um, I do agree that Toby Watson is probably my number two on that list as well. So. You've now given me the hard choice of number three because I think this is where it gets controversial. Um, Oh, boy. Can I group them and then discuss why? Like, do I have to pick one? You can can have a a tied number three if you want between no more than two players. Oh, God. Okay. Um, I'm going to pick... Jeez, can I pick three players? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pick did, three because I want to talk about want, all three. As long as you answer in the next five minutes. Okay, great. I'm going to tie Scholl, Schoenberg, and Rusko. Um, okay. And look, Scholl is a defender. Rusko is a defender midfielder in Supercoach but plays as a forward in real life. And Schoenberg is a midfielder. They all have big pros and they all have big cons in my eyes. So maybe I'll take I'll go through the pros and cons of each one of them and that might help. Um, Schoenberg... Obviously, midfielder, a good scorer. Um, he worked his way into the match last week and he, he looked like he was very comfortable by the end. My problem that I have with him is that he's a big boy and his match fitness and sort of um, tank, I'm not sure he's going to be there in those condensed fixtures. I think I said it last week as well. I think he'll be in and out of the side. I don't think he'll be able to get a good run during these condensed fixtures. And with... Um, Brad Crouch as well as Sloan coming back I don't think he's a type where they just stick him in the forward pocket and let him play out of position he's not a forward and I don't really like I don't like the fact that they have two really strong midfielders to come to the side obviously Adelaide need to be playing the youth though so they'll want to get games into him but I, I do feel like it's going to be one of these games where he's you know in and then out and then in and then out and I'm not sure how that's going to be um, in terms of you know, if you need to use him to make money for your final upgrade, I don't think it's a bad thing if you're just trading him in and you're not going to trade him out again. So for me, he might just be a permanent bench cover um, as maybe my M9 or M10. Um, then I think it's all right. But if, you, if you're relying on him to make a quick 150K, I don't think he's the choice. JB, that was a pretty long pro and con for one player. No, no, I'm liking this. This um, is good. For... For Rusko, um, for the Pies, I guess, the con is his role as like a smallish forward. Um, it's not a high-scoring super coach role, um, but I guess, you know, as a Pies supporter, I would drop half a dozen players at the moment before I would drop him 
um, because he actually played well, or well enough, I think. Um, and then obviously we've got the Quainer injury, um, we've got the Will Huskin Elliott injury, we've got the Trelaw injury. I mean, Maine is probably going to come back in, and I guess um, Varco could threaten Rusko's role. But honestly, Rusko is better than Varco. You've still got Josh Thomas in the team who is struggling at AFL level currently. Um, I think he might have the best job security out of all of the rookies. He just doesn't have good scoring potential, um, I think, playing it, playing in the role that he does in the Collingwood side. But also, geez, Collingwood's going to be a re- revolving door, um, ins and outs, and everyone's being switched, played all over the field um, in various positions. So it's a little bit of a nightmare there. Um, and lastly, Scholl played on the wing um, for the game, which is a really good, good spot. Yeah, it's a great spot in that Adelaide Crow side because they're pure wingers, uh, subpar, I think. Um, you know, McKay kind of played on the wing and wasn't good. Um, good. And then Brody Smith was a late out, but they've been using Brody Smith more kind of as a midfielder and then wing rotation. So, um, yep. you know, I guess Atkins was in, in and out of the side pretty quickly. Um, I think I think he can have a position in the Crow side, um, but he's one of those players that needs to play well to guarantee himself games. Um, I think he played well enough. We saw in the first squad, he scored like 40 super coach points, but only ended on 50 for the match. So he's, he just ran out of steam, um, which means I'm not sure how he's going to go on condensed fixtures either. But I do feel like he can potentially make his own spot in that Adelaide Crow side. So I think there's a lot of upside with, um, with, with the shoal pick as well. I like it. Okay, so three-way tie for third place. I'm going to go with fourth, and it's going to be Hosey from North Melbourne. 123k, scored 54. Did need a couple of goals, but, I mean, that's what he's in the team for. I think his job security should be solid. Uh, Curtis Taylor obviously out for a little while to come now, and it looks like he's sort of not playing that exact role. I don't think he's as aerially talented as what um, Curtis Taylor is, but... Um, is there pretty much to kick goals, and he did that, and that's essentially, if he continues to do that, he should at least have a floor of around um, 45 to 50 points. Um, that could be good enough for a few weeks, as long as he holds his spot. So, um, looking at the other options, I think I'd prefer him over the two guys with a buy, just for the convenience of getting them next week, um, and paying an extra 20-odd K for an extra 10 points for Walker just doesn't feel good to me. Yeah, I definitely agree with your Hosey assessment. Um, I think he's got the strongest job security out of most of these rookies, um, but also very poor scoring potential. Um, he had to score two goals to kick to score 54. You know, I hate to think what happens when he doesn't kick a goal. You're looking at a player yeah. that's probably averaging between 30 and 50 most weeks. Um, but Curtis Taylor's out for three weeks, so um, Hosey will play. So I, I think if you need a forward option and you don't want to go early on wicks, um, I think I agree with you that he's the strongest option. Um, and as you said, Wicks and O'Halloran um, both have the buy this week. So I, I think Wicks is good. Um, I'd look to get him. The problem is he's listed as a midfielder, even though he didn't really play in the midfield. Um, I'd like so to... So Wicks your number four option? I, I'd, I'd pick Hosey above so Wicks. Um, I just want to see where Wicks is. It's hard getting anyone from Swans because they have like 10 fringe players and anyone could go out at any time. I think Wicks did enough to hold his spot for one week, but I don't know what role he's necessarily going to get. Um, I, I do plan on getting Wicks. I should make that clear. Um, All right, so I've got yeah. one follow-up question for you. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and, and jump the gun on Woodcock and O'Halloran to, and say that their job security, especially O'Halloran, um, somehow has worse job security than anyone ever just because of the team that he plays for. Um, are probably our, our lowest options, and if they if O'Halloran does become more of an option, um, he's on the buy this week anyway. So we'll we'll get another week to to you know sort of sit on that one and get him in next week if we need to. I want you to compare Walker versus Wicks this week as an option if um, if the viewers or the listeners don't like the Hosey option or the um, the Schoenberg Rusko type situation there. So uh, um, just Wicks. Walker versus Wicks <laughs> a week to, uh, a week early. Yeah, just Wicks. I don't I don't think I think Wicks is much better. So you know okay, cool. he scored eighty as well, so he's going to make money quickly, which is more than I can say about half of these rookies. So pretty much we're looking at Draper, Tobe, 
um, followed by Scholl, Schoenberg, Rusko, depending on what you what you look for, what you like out of those three players. I definitely wouldn't get more than one of those three, though. Is is that fair? No, I think you could get two. Um, I just maybe maybe Shoal like... and one of the other two because the other two, the job security just doesn't seem there. Shoal, I think, is more of a chance to hold his spot. I have to get one, and my gut. So my gut is telling me to get Schoenberg because I I don't really need him to be playing every week just for my side, yeah, and so... he's got good scoring potential. But I I feel like Rusko can hold. And I need a midfielder. We can, say. yeah. I don't need a defender. Yeah, so I think Scholl's probably the most likely to hold, but yeah. I think Schoenberg has better jo- uh, better scoring potential. So much better. Rusko's just somewhere in between. So depending on what you want, I, I mean, uh, there's no way I'm triple downing this week into those three, but I suppose getting two, depending on your needs, is, is probably, you can probably pass with that. Um, Hosey being the next best option just due to his um, immediate job security and the fact that he should make. Um, a little bit of fast cash, even though it's not going to be a lot of cash. Uh, and then if you do decide on one of the other options, um, Wix is um, favoured by us this week even over Woodcock, Walker and O'Halloran. I think that was a good summary, JB. What's what's next? Oh, all right. I'm glad we got through the rookies because that was a big talking point. Now we're going to go into an even bigger talking point. Um, Blackie, the other Blackie, asks... <laughs> Are you trading Gorn yet? And this is now going to be the body of our podcast and probably the most talked about thing um, that we're going to face right now. Um, and that's uh, is, is Gorn a trade option? Now, I'm going to start us off just with a couple of opening statements. As I said earlier, my team is looking dubious in terms of completely upgrading it and uh, getting all the premiums on field and, and getting a team that I like. I think the 150k that is gone to Goldstein Oof. offered immediately. It's only 120 um, now. You missed the you missed the 170k boat last week. I think it's still one. It's over 140. I guarantee it's one, that. What? It's one. Are you sure? Okay, whatever. You're probably right. I haven't looked. I'm pretty certain. I mean, gone. Okay, now you're making me want to look it up. So okay, well, I'm how, how about you? <laughs> you look it up. I'll keep talking. Okay, so the immediate money grab from yeah, one to right. the other. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The immediate money grab from one to the other, about 140k, I'll say, um, is as much as a rookie downgrade, and it's it's a rookie downgrade that I don't really have. Um, so I'm pretty much generating money out of thin air for my team. Something that I didn't. So it's money that I didn't expect to have, and it's money that I actually need. So um, then I'm backing Goldstein to at least go close to Gorn for the remainder of the season um, and for me to spend the 150k wisely. Now, Goldstein versus Gorn for the rest of the season is interesting. I think Gorn is a chance to miss uh, this round coming. Uh, I don't want to... I'm definitely not putting any money on it, but I, I think it's a chance. I think we'd be lying if we said that he's a guarantee to, to make it this week. And if he does play, I still think he's at the very least, a little bit limited and um, something that the coaches need to look at during the game to monitor. Um, we saw him sit a lot on the bench in the last quarter of last week's game when they'd pretty much wrapped up the win. If they've wrapped up a loss, I can't see them trying to push Gorn to the brink of his abilities um, for no reason. So I think he is a bit of a in-game rest risk if he does play. With those things said, I think Goldstein can at least go within... 10 to 15 points of him for the rest of the season. I, I, I genuinely think that's possible. And with 150k offered to me um, to make the switch, I do like the trade of Gorn this week. So I want to hear your counter-argument or, or agreeance, whichever <laughs> you're going with. So Max Gorn himself said that he would play, or he thinks that he will play, um, but as in for this, this upcoming round, he didn't seem super confident in what he was saying. The way he was saying, he was like, oh yeah, I got like a little bit of a tear um, in my upper shoulder region, but I, I, I completely, you know, it was a bit sore, but I, I got better as the game went on and then I couldn't feel it and it was fine. Um, he just seemed a little off to me, a little bit restricted. Maybe he was just getting used to that injury and maybe it's something he can manage um, for the rest of the season. And, you know, if that's the case and he does play every game for the rest of the season, that's fantastic. However, I just worry massively about what you just said 
but for two reasons. One, we're going to have another set of condensed fixtures. And two, I just saw what happened when Collingwood was getting blown out of the water by West Coast. And what happens is the Ruckman get rested first because they don't need Grundy to go and chase the ball the whole ground when we're down by 50 points. They played Grundy full forward. And I feel like when you have someone as capable as Jackson in your side, you know, a number three pick that they want to get games into, they want to get that Ruck experience. Just thinking if they're blown out of the water in any game, like Gorn is just going to rest forward for the whole game. Um, not the whole game, but after that point in time um, because he's a bit sore and then his scoring potential might be a bit lower. Um, I guess you could say the same about Goldstein though. Um, if North Melbourne get blown out of the water, maybe that will happen. So it's not like a, you know, it's it's going to happen for Gorn, but it's not going to happen for Goldstein. It definitely could happen to any Ruckman. I just feel a lot more confident in a Ruck that's currently not injured compared to a Ruck. Can, that, I, can that, I chop in for just yeah, a second? go for there. it. Please do. Um, so the reason that I'm more confident it doesn't happen with Goldie is the point that you said earlier is that there's not a Luke Jack- Jackson yeah. sitting at North Melbourne yeah. who they just want to get experience into. And why wouldn't they get experience into if they're getting flogged or, or are doing the flogging, whichever um, way it goes. So um, I just think with North Melbourne, I mean, who are they going to put in the ruck for Goldstein? Is it Dor? Is he the backup ruckman at the moment? Yeah, I guess it would be. But yeah. like, there's no real yeah. reason unless you genuinely think Goldstein's a risk to get injured to play Dor at any point uh, in extended times on the ruck. Goldstein... Even when he wasn't in the ruck last week, which is is, is bizarre, lined up on a wing. <laughs> so I'm I'm not certain that he even rests solely forward in a blowout. I think he, I, th- I think they still try and have him in an experimentary role somewhere around the footy. Um, it just might not be as the pure ruck, but they don't have someone like Luke Jackson to just step in and and take over for a, a quarter or two. Yeah, and, and Jackson looks really good as well. Like he's actually super capable. It's not like they're gonna definitely lose every ruck battle after they make that decision either yeah um jackson's great like i think they've, they've got a winner there and um i i just feel so uncomfortable if there wasn't condensed fixtures in rounds 14 15 16 i would definitely be holding gorn i think it's fine because this week it's best 18 so if he misses or doesn't miss it doesn't really affect me too too badly because i have plenty of players this week um I'm just super concerned for the next lot of fixtures as well. And yes, it will be best 18 as well. So I think that you could probably get away with it. Like he might just never be rested and that's fine. And then it's best 18. So who cares? And you only need him for, you know, round 17 and 18. But I hate to think if he's really that struggling and if Melbourne are ruled out of finals, like, is he going to play round 18? I don't know. Um, I just feel like there's so many stresses and negatives um, compared to just making a call right now, particularly when I've got the trades. I think um, at this rate, I'm going to complete my team with five trades remaining. So, and and that's before we even potentially get more trades. So, you know, if I need to switch back, I, I've got that flexibility. Um, for me personally, it just makes a lot of sense to just make the move, make the money, and then, you know, finish my team and then worry about it um, with, you know, what trades I have left. Um, this is one of those things where this, it's so stressful anyway in terms of condensed fixtures, not knowing the team use, worrying if our rookies are going to play, worrying which premiums are going to rest it. I don't want to have to stress about Gorn every single week, and I do think his output's going to be somewhat limited instead of averaging 145. You know, he might be averaging 120 now, and I just need Goldie to somewhat be in the vicinity of that amount of points, and I'll take that as a win for me. So the thing that makes me most convinced that Gorn is a potential or good trader option this week is that we're discussing this as if Gorn's going to play this week and the fact that the trade might still break even or be a win for those who trade to Goldstein. If Gorn misses this week, you've got... Firstly, you've got Goldstein versus Jackson for the entire game. Um, I think that's an underrated factor that if Gorn does miss, they've actually got each other this week and uh, Goldie versus Jackson should be a a decent score. Um, With that said, you've probably... Now banked, if Gorn does miss, and we know it's a big if at the moment, um, but this would be best case scenario, you've, you're probably going to bank an immediate 120 plus score on those who keep Gorn. And then, if I mean, if you look at Goldstein, he's had a good season already. Can he keep a 120 point gap? Maybe. If not, you've got 150k there as your, um, an, like another pro in the pros and cons list. Um, I just think with the risk of Gorn potentially missing and the upside that that would then bring those who trade, um, I think it's just worth it. And 
You and I have made a lot of difficult calls this year already, Pistol, and we've been fairly accurate, I'd say. If um, without listening back to any <laughs> podcast, I, I want to say that we're going at about eighty three percent, which is a pretty high uh, success ratio. Are you and I both saying right now, putting our names to this and advocating for Gorn to be traded out this week? Yeah, look, I think so. <laughs> I, I, I just, I mean, it depends as well on if you have Draper. We're we're both saying this because we, I mean, another factor is we don't have Draper. Um, True. If you did have Draper, I feel like you can still hold him um, and just work around that. And then, you know, if he really is struggling, then trade him later and you've got more flexibility because you have Draper there. Um, you lose a lot of money on you that. You do. Though. His I mean, break even is 240 this week. If you want me to like, co sign, if you want me to co sign that I think that Goldie, just a pure Goldie v Gorn, but Goldie plus 140k is going to be better than Gorn just for the rest of the season, I, I think I would put my, my, I don't know, do we say reputation on the line? Um, I think that's probably... Uh, I, mean, I think a... our reputation will survive if we get this one wrong. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I think you and I are both willing to, to put our names to the fact that Goldstein in for Gorn this week is is likely, in our, in our opinion, to be a positive trade for your team, assuming you don't absolutely bucket the, the 150k and, and spend it all on Connor Rosie. So... Um, spend your money wisely. Have have your trades planned out for this week and next week. See what it gives your team, and then I think you've got our tick of approval to pull the trigger on that one. Jeez, um, you know, I feel like I started my uh, my advice really early in the season was really solid, and I've tailed off the last couple of weeks, and you've been really solid the last couple of weeks. So I'm not happy that you're agreeing with me. <laughs> so I feel hey, like you I'm and I combining on something. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're okay. We're okay. Spiral. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're not spiraling. Everyone, don't don't turn off the podcast. No, um, I, I I'm pretty confident that we would be at this point the the only podcast advising this move. Um, it's a risky move. There's no doubt about it. But we're in a risky season, and if you look at your money, like I've had to assess my team, um, it's tough out there. It's very dry. I'm not sure if a lot of people are cluing onto that yet. It, they definitely will in the next couple of weeks when they try and make their upgrades. But this is to try and get just a little bit ahead of the curb. Like I traded out Devin Smith a week earlier than everyone else and, and missed an extra 50-point score and an extra price downgrade. Um, we've done this a lot this season, is just jumping on that's, something. That's why you've run out of trades, JB. <laughs> if I run out of trades and have to field Simpson instead of having to have fielded Devin Smith for the rest of the season, that is a huge victory for oh, me. No. Oh, come on. <laughs> Um, I was also going to say, we, we can see right now that we have 11 patrons within the top 100. So over 10% of the top 100 is made up of our patrons. And uh, if that percentage changes immediately after this for the negative, we'll know why. <laughs> then we will yeah, have gotten the core. Yeah, rankings. You told everyone to get Schoenberg <laughs> and Russell. No, oh my gosh. All right. I think uh, we've, we've covered to the best of our ability Yes, um, yes, we the have. The Gone scenario. So I think we need to uh, continue on so we can make sure we get this podcast out before the football starts. Yep, I've only got a couple of questions left for you. Um, firstly, those with Trelaw. Yes. Um, who are you looking to get in this week? Okay. For anyone that's buying anybody, I think you need to get people that have already had the buy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think you should be trading in anybody that still has a buy outside of these players. One, Lockie Neal. You yep. can get him, he's fine. Obviously, I'm not including any Essendon or Melbourne players because they have no buy, um, so they're fine. Two, I think if you need a value pick, Simpkin is at 397k. That's probably the cheapest value pick for somebody that can average 100 for the rest of the season. I think you can kind of hey, break that's what run. I bought him at pretty much. Yeah, jeez, he's he's cheap. I mean, I bought him. At, I chose him over you know Danger, Clayton <laughs> Don't Oliver, get Don't get you know all that no, stuff. Keep going. You're on a roll. Anyway. Keep going. Those are the two... I can't even remember if there was a third exception. But anyway, those two players are the ones I'd be making exceptions for right now. Um, otherwise, trade to people. Oh, yeah, that was the other one. Oh, no, 670K. Yeah, I guess if you didn't I mean, have... I Neil's, Neil's more, but... Yeah. yeah, whatever. Anyway, Neil's better. Neil, Neil's averaging 145. In pretty good form. I just, I just don't... Yeah. Um, okay. It's true. It's true. I, yeah, okay, fair. That one's fair. Uh, outside of McRae, then, 
everyone else that you got to trade in, I would be looking at getting in that are coming off the bye. Whether that means you need to hold a week to get somebody like if you wanted a, a Josh Kelly or a Luke Parker, fine. I wouldn't really recommend that, but I mean, if each to your own. If you can trade to a Tom Mitchell, I think that's a good move. If you can trade him to um, at Cripps, I think he's yep. good value in the best 18 scenario when you have somebody with that really high ceiling. Um, it's super valuable as well, and he's great value on top of that. And I've said value a lot, but you know that's the key buzzwords there. They're fantastic options. Um, JB, I, I, I need to talk about Fife. I feel like we're getting a lot of Fife questions. How do you feel about trading in Fife this year or for now? I hate it with a passion. Passionately hate it. Okay, explain it. I, I feel like we're repeating ourselves Do here, it. Pistol. I know, but the People, thing is, Trelaw got injured tin- this week. Trelaw, the soft yeah, exactly. tissue injury person that we said not to exactly. trade in. Exactly. So now uh, explain you, You're Fife. making me raise my voice. Explain I'm getting it. upset. <laughs> Fife has injuries constantly. He's the poster boy. If anyone said, hey, which premium should you not start next year because he's probably going to get injured at least once during the season, everyone would say Fife. Maybe someone would say Josh Kelly. I would even say Kelly. He's been healthy this year. Anyway, <laughs> Fife is always injured. And when he's coming back from injury or playing through an injury or about to get injured, he's actually getting a lot of rest forward, especially in a condensed fixture because even their coach knows that he's injury prone. So I could see him playing two quarters a game up forward and scoring you know, probably still 110, but he's not going to burn you with 150s for the rest of the season. When And if he does, then he's probably going to burn out and get injured for the rest of the season. He's just not a good option for me. Trelaw proved it this week. People are looking at Tyler Adams with hard eyes, and I understand because Trelaw's not in, but also I don't understand because why do you think Trelaw's out? Tyler Adams is worse than Trelaw with soft tissue injuries. Maybe not of really, really, really recent history, but he's definitely just up there or as bad in the last five years. So let's avoid the soft tissue injuries. We don't have enough trades. We don't have enough money. Don't look at Fife. I don't care how cheap he gets. Look for other options that are bottomed out for other reasons. Fife did still play forward for parts against Collingwood. And Absolutely. Walters was missing, so I, I kind of get it. But they're, they're going to get these players back. and then He's a capable forward. He's going to play forward minutes. Except he will play forward minutes. I mean, Hogan will be back, and that might change it up. But to, for that rest, like I can see him getting at least one quarter a game playing forward. And if, if Frio are getting flogged, he just won't score in those halves. We saw him have like an 80-point game upon his return. Um, in games that they were losing. He scored well against Collingwood because they won the match, but I don't expect Freo, who are literally a bottom three side, I don't expect them to win many matches. So when he's playing forward, that's not good. And paying nearly 600k for him as well, that feels bad. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm with you there. I don't like it. Um, I'm going to throw up another get- name because I spoke about him on Fox Sport News on Wednesday morning. 8.15, Luke Shuey. Yeah, I have to. Luke Shuey, um, 488k. Now, this is funny because Luke Shuey is a soft tissue injury risk. He's still, you know, 30 years old. Um, so he's the type of player I'm describing where I'm saying don't get him in. However, there is a big difference um, between them. And quite clearly, it's Luke Shuey is 488k and Fife is 588k. Um, Shuey outside of his injury-affected 33 against Sydney Swans, has averaged 110.5 this season. He doesn't have a bye left to come, which means you can add you know, a couple of points per game to his average um, because he doesn't have a bye and other players do, which puts him right at the fringe of a top eight midfielder where all the other top eight midfielders outside of Tom Mitchell are about 600K, which means he is so much cheaper than all of the other uh, midfielders, JB. And now you have to weigh up the risk-reward where, yes, he is a really strong injury risk. Yes, he has averaged 101 for the last couple of seasons. Um, So there is, obviously, risk there. But at that price and how he scored this season, he's the type of player that, one, he's in 1% of the team, so he's a POD, and two... He's that nuggety-type midfielder that gets contested possessions, gets scores involvements, gets clearances. They're the type of players this year that have just rocketed up the scoring. Um, you know, Lockie Neal-esque 
but light version, very light version. The, that's he's doing everything, um, you know, that you want your midfield guns to do this year in this scoring system. So I do think he can maintain a hundred and ten average. I would be selecting him over Gaff at five hundred k, who's very outside. Um, just because of the way they play. But I do agree wholeheartedly Gaff has way less threat of an injury risk than um, than Shuey does. Well, that started as a question and, and became a statement, so I'm <laughs> glad you took that one. Um, yeah, Shuey, Shuey looks okay. Um, he, ticks the, he ticks two of the three boxes in terms of buy, price, and injury risk. Um, I still don't love going towards someone who has such an injury risk, especially during the condensed fixture. But I understand it, considering the other two boxes are such heavy ticks. Um, I just, I find it, I find it really hard to decide heavily with a player like this because of that injury risk. It's always just going to sit there for me. I, I'd probably take him over someone like Taylor Adams with similar injury risk, no buy played, and fifty um, k cheaper. But I mean, yeah. I Parker is only forty fifty k more expensive. And I'd probably get, I'd definitely get Parker um, above Shuey. It's just if you want to go so this, this week, this is just for the real budget. This players. is the budget. This is I'm looking at my team and I'm like, oh no, I have no cash generation. How am I possibly going to finish my side? You know, 488k. <laughs> yeah, 488k. I think is a really great price. Otherwise, Parker. Are you telling me to get Shuey? Is that what? Is this is this is all like a one of those? Can we talk message, about Tom Rockliffe at 466k? We absolutely can. I don't know how it's taken us this long to start talking about Tom Rockliffe at 465k. He's got scores of 103 and 134 upon his return. He's been told to do more defensive work, and that resulted in about 14 tackles last week. He is an absolute bona fide super coach gem and a player that always is consistently within the top three midfielders in his Brisbane heyday. In his Brisbane heyday. Are we not getting Tom Rockliffe this week? I love Tom Rockliffe. I've spent more... I've I've played Supercoach for over a decade and I've had Rockliffe traded into my side more times than that, which is worrying. <laughs> is oh, he, he gets, almost double the times. <laughs> yeah, he gets injured and then I trade him out and then I trade him back in because I love Tom Rockliffe so much. And he's 466k and JB, I'm, I can't... I can't do it. I, I like honest to God, if what? if he had had his buy, because I love him so much, if he had had his buy already, I actually would be trading him in this week and just like loving life. But I can't. But not Richmond this can year. see big midfield scores. I, I love Tom Rockliffe, but you can't. He's going to score 180. He's a captaincy option this week. <laughs> He's a captaincy option this week. Um, I just with the port sides and you know his role being, I guess potentially all up in the air given he could be dropped at any moment as we saw at round, end of round five. Um, I would just be terrified of owning him in, in a side. But boy, if, if you had all the cash in the world and you could get him at M9, that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. Maybe I'll do It'd that. It would be fun. It's, it's a 2020 <laughs> type play, isn't it? Oh my God, um, I love Tom Obviously, Rockley. I was talking very tongue-in-cheek. We, I'm not. Um, I genuinely love Tom Rockley. No, no. <laughs> when I was saying get him in and captain him, um, we historically do enjoy a good Tom Rockley point of difference. Um, I, I think he's a great option this year. But at the same time, I don't think he's a really, really, really bad option this year. So... I mean, do with that information what you will, I guess. Um, <laughs> if anyone trades in Tom Rockliffe because they've just had enough of this season and want to have a bit of fun, please let us know yeah, on Twitter. That please. would be amazing. Please, I'm please. Happy, to, happy to follow that. <laughs> um, okay, so that pretty much wraps us up, I think. Is um, it? Oh, wow, that was pretty quick. I mean, we're at 48 minutes. I really just want to get this podcast out and, and have it in a compact enough um, time frame that people can try and listen to it before the, the game starts um, good news is besides picker I don't think there's any big trade in or out options for the game today there might not be any for a lot of teams till tomorrow so if that's the case please do hold your trades as long as possible um, obviously we want to find out as much information about Gorn about um, pretty much every team as possible um, that will pretty much wrap up the podcast. Wait, I have pistol. one more question. One more, one more thing to talk about before we wrap up because I, I do want to get it out. And that's, do we did we overlook anybody as a ruck option? 
outside of, of Todd Goldstein. Is there anybody else that is worthwhile considering if you are going to make a big move and, and decide to trade out um, uh, gone this week? Only Draper. What? No. Not Draper. Yeah, only Draper. That's that's the only Ruckman I would consider instead of Goldstein. Okay. Yeah. I, I've, I've made it pretty clear on the last podcast I, I dislike that move because of the money um, to get back up to a premium Ruck will cost you a gazillion what trades. It's too many trades. You're in trades. my position, Pistol. The trades. Pistol, Pistol. What if you're in my position... And you're looking at owning Simpson for the rest of the season. Would you go? Would you think of going Gorn down to Draper and, and Draper being the one that you own for the rest of the season instead of Simpson and having a premium midfielder instead of Goldstein? No, I, I would prefer having Gorn because otherwise, Simpson, you have three bench players that you can kind of uh, try and loophole with. If you get Draper and you've got bloody Conroy is your R3 and if Draper misses a game which I imagine a big boy coming off an ACL is going to have some sort of rest in condensed fixtures um, I hate that I mean I guess it will be a buy round so you could just cop it for the week but yeah I, I don't I'm not a fan um, good maybe, neither am I so I'm glad I'm glad we, we ticked that off wow you really, um, you really got me there um, can, we, can you <laughs> there quickly are no run other through good. Run, run through no. the forward the forward ruck options run, run through Laddams and, and, and uh, the big O Oscar McEnry 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 please stop you uh, know I'll, I'll do it if you stop trying okay. to pronounce it go for it um, okay well you've given me a list of two there um, yeah honestly if if Lysette wasn't named this week for Port I would genuinely consider going to Laddams. I think as a sole ruck, he has a chance to average 100 kind of like Rob did um, when he came into the league. And I, I just think with the money difference there, it would be about worth it um, getting someone in like that. With Lysette in, I think they're going to... They probably won't split 50-50 ruck duties. I, I still think Laddams will ruck more. Uh, Lysette's a bit more of a capable forward. But I just don't... I don't like him together in the team for either player or for the actual team in general. Um, I don't think Port are a two-ruckman type of team, especially against Richmond. We should be trying to get more speed uh, into the game. So um, he sort of ruled himself out as an option for me this week, which I'm kind of glad because I don't think Lysette will go in the like the rest of the season without um, a solo ruck game. So I think Laddams is one game away from us going... Okay, you had your chance. We're gonna go back to Lysette for a couple of games, and then Lysette will have a bad game. And but you can't have your your R two um, having shaky job security like that. So um, I'm glad he's ruled himself out for me. The the big O um, McInerney is how it's pronounced. Um, I really he's kind of, he's kind of come from the clouds, but um, Steph Martin just needs to return, and I think his scoring potential really really divots. Uh, so I'm, I'm not. Interest. I'm not too interested in getting him. Um, I, look, I honestly, I, I find it so surprising that he's as good as he is because I thought he'd just be like Mason Cox, really tall, um, can provide an option, but less skillful. He seems really skillful, which is good. Um, good for Brisbane uh, people and good for Oscar, I guess. But um, I still don't think he presents himself as an option this year because they are one ruck change away from him going back to averaging 60. I will say... The big O soul ruck three times this season for an 87, 91, and 128. The 91 off 68% time on ground. He has some scoring chops uh, with Archie Smith. He definitely does. Archie Smith and um, Steph Martin out for five and six weeks, respectively. Does mean he will ruck um, a big shoulder of the load going forward. I don't like the fact they named Matty Eagles. Um, <laughs> because you don't like the look of him? <laughs> no, it's just... I'd prefer if they didn't have anyone that could give much of a ruck chop out um, because his time on ground is low. Obviously, if he, if he was playing... Like, honestly, I would consider him if he was playing, you know, these 90% time on grounds, but it hovers yep. at these low 70s, and that means that, you know, if he's not, if he's having a bad game, um, you know, you end up with an st- absolute stinker rather than at least consist his 80s and 90s because, theoretically, if you did go on to big O and you didn't have an F6, you could swing the big O as your F6 for later in the season and kind of get away 
with having him at F6 averaging 80s and 90s. And I don't think too many people would complain about that. Um, but the fact, in combination with that, he hasn't had his buy and he can put in an absolute stinker. Pistol, we have spoken way too much about the big guy. But yeah, okay, fine. You know what? Um, Roel Marshall's in really good form. Um, he's the only other player outside Todd Goldstein I think I would look at. Um, yeah, three-round average. If Ryder you know, retires today, I'll go for Roel Marshall 100%. Ah, if Ryder was out with an injury, um, I would be getting Marshall above Goldstein. Um, three-round average of 131. He's an absolute just scoring beast whenever he plays. But Ryder playing in the ruck kind of hampers Marshall's yep. um, choose-ability, um, if I call that a word. Anyway, let's, let's, get this, let's get this podcast out, JB. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, please consider um, doing to the Cancer Council. You can also join the Slack community. Um, join up to our Patreon, and there'll be instructions on how to join our Slack and, um, you know, add to the number of uh, top 100K players in our patrons. That, that would be... Fantastic! It's a mess. I think we have twenty six in the top two hundred and fifty or something, or twenty two in the top two hundred and fifty or something as well. So we, we have ten percent of the top one hundred, ten percent of the top two fifty. We've got the second placed um, coach at oh, the moment. Oh yeah, both, how did we forget that? Gen- Big shout out, General Saunas, Twitter legends, just team pistol member, great guy, coming second overall. It's just absolutely fantastic. Hopefully you can continue um pushing it this week and that reminds me jb uh we have to announce the july um prize oh league gosh. winner i hope everyone is still tuned in <laughs> yeah people have probably tuned out already and we did all this work to try and find out the winner um so the winner no surprise no surprise is general soreness he yep. scored uh for the during the month of july he scored uh, 11723 points which was 200 more than second place, which was Liam G uh, with 11,497, which was 200 more uh, than third place. Um, and, and considering how many we have in the top 100, these are big scores. Yes, and third third and fourth basically score the same. So shout out to uh, Pep and the other Blackie um, who both had really, yeah, really had good months. too many shout-outs this podcast. Yeah, no, he has. He's basically a co-host at this I'll stage. I'll take back my first shout-out, to um, be fair. So they've, they've all had good months. So congrats to uh, Jen Saunas. Uh, at least, you know, if you if you can't win the, the big money, you'll you'll win a Dr. Supercoach mug. They're basically prize equivalents. Um, JB, I'm just going to quickly... You're going to have to tell me where to stop. I'm doing a randomizer right now on my screen as to who the lucky are, prize no. winner is. So just tell me when to stop. Okay, 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 stop. All right. It is... Who is... Who is this? I don't know who this is. Maybe just give a team name, mate. Oh, I, actually, <laughs> I accidentally just re-clicked, so I... It's uh, Keith... Oh, sorry to the first person. Who is this? No, 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 no. It's uh, Coach Keith. It's uh, Blue Doctor Supercoach Stompers. Yeah, Tim JB member. Let's go. Get in. There we go. Perfect. Good romper. Yes. Okay, I've got one more thing before we jump off. If anyone does get Tom Rockcliffe in their team and you contact me on Twitter, tweet at me, please, JB underscore DRSC, um, I will go $5 with every sub-ton, but I want you to go $5 with every ton that he gets for the rest of the season. And if he's dropped, that's that, that's no. Are you talking about me council? or to the person that you're tweeting to? Sorry? Are you talking about to the person you're you're tweeting with if someone tweets at me that they've traded in tom rockliffe this week i'll go five dollars to the cancer council for every sub ton he gets in your team and they'll go five dollars but, but you have over. to go five dollars for every ton that he gets that's a cool cool idea jb um let's see yep. let's see how many take you up on it um jb you can find the oh, main please doctors. not too many i'm not that rich <laughs> you can find the... <laughs> He's got like twenty thousand owners next week I'm like, oh crap <laughs> you can find the um dr super coach um, main page at doctor underscore sc you can find yourself jb underscore dic and myself at pistol underscore dic and cheeso with a z cheeso underscore drsc i think that takes us uh, to the end of the podcast uh an hour in and um let's let's get this cracking and put it out asap cheers mate all right thank you very much community